Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I could make an arrangement where um, I had a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine with that. He thinks he's being so sly. Oh, boy, this is really happening. And you know what? This is not democratic. This man right here is the acting president of the United States. I firmly believe this. We won't be able to find necessarily a a written record or a contract. But this man, along with Susan Rice, they are calling the shots. And Joe Biden is in big trouble now, especially, oh, my gosh. I mean, they knew he was... A total klutz, but more documents at his house after it was already searched, quote unquote. Uh, this is it. I'm so, I said it weeks ago. He's not going to be the nominee. He might be out sooner than you think. Um, the proof that Joe Biden is not in charge. Again, there is no written contract. So much in Washington, D.C. is understood. A wink, a nod, just a certain glance and you can move mountains. But for the rest of us, let's just observe the body language, okay? Remember a few months ago, this is very significant, at the White House when Obama was there and he completely eclipsed the sitting president of the United States, Joe Biden. It was humiliating. In fact, I don't care if it's a president or, you know, somebody rushing a fraternity. This is painful. (laughs) This is just painful stuff. One guy is the king and the other guy just can't get a word in and no one will pay attention to him. And we all have to understand how little regard Barack Obama has for Joe Biden. He's said it a million times. It's time we all believe it. This is one of the most famous quotes that you probably haven't heard. Don't underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. (laughs) That's rich, isn't it? And oh, I saw something else. So it was two years ago Friday that Joe Biden was inaugurated. Watch Barack Obama at that inauguration. He falls asleep. And when everybody else is clapping, you know, at the phony applause lines, uh, there's Barack (laughs) sitting on his hands. He is thoroughly unimpressed. This man has no regard for uh, the so-called president of the United States. And let's face it, (laughs) there's so much that he should not be impressed with like this. I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, And you ain't black. All right. You know, this is just before they found out about the laptop. You throw in the laptop, you throw in this obvious insensitivity and the loss in Afghanistan. Why would anybody back Joe Biden for president? I mean, seriously, he is a major, major liability. And I I think that Joe does not understand that. And this is what set Barack Obama off. So 
Around Christmas time, Joe goes to St. Croix in the Caribbean to go to some billionaire's house and play golf. Kind of insulting, by the way. He could go to any military base in the country. He could, he could have a vacation in America, but he went there and he told the world, his team did, that he is to make a decision about 2024. Um, well, that decision has actually already been made for him. And he goes and pretends it's his own decision. Maybe Joe Biden has gone rogue. Remember when Sarah Palin went rogue? Did he go rogue? Well, they've reined him back in by letting him get caught in his own trap. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. All right. Um, this still has not been addressed. Why were lawyers unpacking his office or packing it up? Makes absolutely no sense. There's something going on. But here's a little piece of the puzzle. The Penn Biden Center, okay? Uh, on November 2nd, Joe's lawyers go there to pack it up. And I was told this by a very prominent uh, D.C. veteran. you got to figure out who this guy is and who he worked for. This is the lawyer who packed up the stuff. If you find out who he is and who he works for, you'll know who's driving this whole thing. Well, his name is Patrick Moore. And from 2015 to 2017, he was associate counsel and advisor for presidential personnel at the White House in the administration of President Barack Obama. I think that's a big piece of the puzzle. I was told ahead of time, you'll find out that this guy was working for Obama, and he is. Oh, did you hear the latest, by the way? A lot of these documents, before they got to that phony Penn Biden Center, they were kept in Chinatown, Chinatown neighborhood of Washington, D.C. Let's keep all the documents, top secret and otherwise, in Chinatown. Well, after all, Joe Biden's really close with President Xi, right? So... These documents were just floating around Washington in unsecured areas for a long time. Let's see. Joe Biden left the White House January 20th of 2017, more than a year before the Penn Biden Center opened. So that stuff was sent to Chinatown for a year plus. When did the Penn Biden Center open? Yeah, February 8th, 2018. Um, all right. So there's a big Obama presence in all of this. And don't forget the deep state. The deep state is far more loyal to Barack Obama. I mean, he's so cool, right, than they are to Joe Biden. Nobody respects Joe Biden. Nobody has ever respected Joe Biden. And now they're not even pretending. Democrats this weekend, this is significant, are signaling their displeasure in the president. Time's up, Joe. It's happening. It's real. How does it senator accidentally take classified material home? Um, Margaret, I, I don't really know the answer to that question. There needs to be this independent investigation and independent prosecutor. At its heart, the issue is the same. Those documents should not have been in the personal possession of either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. When that information is found, it diminishes uh, the stature of any person who is in possession of it because it's not supposed to happen. To be held accountable and responsible is what we all are. And to put those in un unsecured spaces is irresponsible. Wow, that's it. This is, 
It's happening. I knew it would. It's kind of wild to watch. It doesn't mean we're all free, by the way. I mean, Kamala's next, and, and they're still pulling the strings. This is not a democracy, essentially, in my opinion right now. Um, one more thing. Joe Biden went to his beach house this weekend. His beach house. Now, the FBI and the DOJ have not yet searched the beach house. But Joe Biden went there this weekend. It's January, by the way. Who likes to go to the beach in January? We check the weather. Yeah, this is not beach weather. Is Joe doing a little uh, cleaning up before the DOJ and the FBI arrive? I think it's totally possible. I saw Jill Biden uh, coming back. She did not look happy. I think they know this is the beginning of the end. And oh, by the way, whenever they say this is far better than the Trump situation, You'll hear that less going forward because that doesn't wash anymore. We all understand that the facts are different, that the Biden White House has handled it totally differently than the Trump White House. Totally different crimes, totally different factual uh, scenario than the Biden case. I got to tell you that this is vastly different than the situation with Trump. You know, in some ways it is. In some ways it is. And let's go ahead and compare, shall we? Totally different. I could make that case. Trump and Biden. Trump. Those documents, whether Donald Trump was president or an ex-president, totally secure in that compound of Mar-a-Lago. Whereas the House in Wilmington uh, back in 2017, 2018, not secure, not secure for years at a time. Mar-a-Lago guarded by the Secret Service. Okay, those guys don't mess around. Uh, Joe Biden's house guarded by Hunter. Hunter was actually in charge of security there. Uh, President Trump had absolute authority to declassify any classified document in the entire United States government. Joe Biden had zero authority to declassify anything before 2021. Also remember this, Donald Trump, a billionaire. That's actually important. Um, billionaires, it's considered kind of like a, a rule of thumb that people who are financially secure have less interest or less, they're less susceptible to spycraft, to, to selling secrets, okay? The people who investigate this stuff understand that. Joe Biden has bragged at times that he's the poorest man in the Senate. He has said it out loud a million times. I was listed for all the years I was a senator as the poorest man in the United States Congress. I had the dubious distinction of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. Amazing, amazing. Yet he wore Rolex watches, wore $2,000 suits, lived in the DuPont mansion. He bought that as a U.S. senator. How could he have gotten all that money, huh? Yeah, right. We know. Hunter, the laptop, it's all spelled out. 10% for the big guy. He almost confessed to it, actually. He's almost confessing to it. So Joe is in big trouble. And I sensed that they were warning Joe a year ago that he could go down and don't mess with the powers that be. Barack Obama, who knows? But who remembers when Cuomo was forced out of office? Now, I was no Cuomo fan. Absolutely. He totally mismanaged uh, the pandemic. He sent Trump's hospital ship away. I was calling for his ouster in the middle of COVID when everybody was saying this was the best guy in the world. I knew better. But I also know this. He's no predator. He didn't harm any woman. He didn't force himself on anybody. That attorney general's report, do you remember they documented all this stuff and said he must go. He is, he is abusing women. 
Well, you want to look at him abuse women. This is this is the Democrats version of abuse of women. All right. Show me a picture in that report. He is said to have gotten too close to this woman at that very moment. Okay, that does not look like a problem. How about when he met that doctor for his covid test? This was on live television. And this woman is in the report. She accuses Cuomo of misbehaving for this very moment. It was in the report. There should be no reluctance. This is Dr. Elizabeth Dufort, who is in the appropriate PPE wear. Nice to see you, doctor. You make that gown look good. Head up a little bit. Head up. That's the moment of abuse. You make that gown look good. And a few months later, they put this all at a silly report and he had to go. Wasting energy on distractions is the last thing that state government should be doing. And I cannot be the cause of that. The best way I can help now is if I step aside and let government get back to governing. And therefore, that's what I'll do. And my resignation will be effective in 14 days. So they forced him out for pretty much nothing. I don't know what the real reason was, but the reason they cited was not the reason why he was pushed out. But it was a warning to Joe Biden, because Joe Biden, (laughs) we've seen him mishandle women, right? young, old, friends, strangers. I mean, we've seen it. And if one of those people were to come forward and say, he, right? You see how vulnerable he is? You see how they got Cuomo to leave like that? They could get him to leave like that. And that's what they're doing. Then not for the touching. I don't know exactly what it's for. Could be the mistakes, could be Afghanistan. And now he's sealed his own fate. When he comes out and (laughs) says stuff like this and goes goes way too far when he has this problem himself, I'm sorry, he he cooked his own goose. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. <laughs> he just went way, way, way too far. He should have said, we'll let the investigation play out. I don't want to say anything. This is, he'll never be forgiven for this. He will never, ever recover. And then he made matters even worse just last week. As we found, uh, we found a handful of documents were failed, uh, were filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives of the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. 
the arrogance, that's what's going to get him as well. No regrets. How dare he? And then documents are found, secret documents going all the way back to his days as a United States senator in the same house where Hunter Biden was living. There's, I mean, unless we're in a totally parallel universe, and, and sometimes I think we might be, Joe is finished, all right? And remember, he was never the boss in the first place. This has always been an Obama-Susan Rice operation. And even after Joe is gone, it will remain so. We'll be right back. Well, this is Ron Klain. Take a look at him. He is the outgoing chief of staff to Joe Biden. He quit. They're trying to spin it as, uh, oh, he's the longest serving Democrat chief of staff in the history of chiefs of staff. Doesn't seem that long. But anyway, he's gone. Why? Unclear. He says he wants to get ready for the major push to reelect Joe Biden. He is very close to Joe Biden. The, I don't know why he's li really leaving, but this is the new guy. His name is uh, Zients. Zients, Z-I-E-N-T-S, rhymes with science, I'm told, Zients. And he was the, uh, well, the COVID czar for a good chunk of the administration and a very strange individual. Mr. President-elect, we've known each other for a long time and our relationship has been forged under immense pressure. The severity of the Great Recession, the challenge of implementing the Affordable Care Act, and the daily decisions a White House makes that affect the lives of millions of Americans. The work ahead will not be easy, but we know what needs to be done, and we will get it done together. We will, together. All right, don't come around here. Strange dude, and also very um, not respectful of the American people. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Wow. And he's not a doctor. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at illness and death. You know what? Go jump in a lake. It's no way to speak. But they were always playing the game when it comes to COVID. During the campaign in 2020, Joe Biden really turned on that phony empathy to mark any milestone of COVID deaths at 100,000 deaths in the basement. Big, big statement, long speech about how the pain is uh, really getting to Joe. And when he gets to the White House the night before, major event at the Lincoln Memorial, they have 400,000 candles for all the people at that point who died from COVID, and they turn them on all at the same time. Look at that, right? And then he's president at 500,000 deaths. Another big display. Candles, they come out. It's like a funeral at the White House. It was pretty intense. But then something happens. You see, at this point, Joe is president. They can't blame Trump. The more time that goes on, you know, he's the guy. So what do they do? They start de-emphasizing these deaths. They take a big step away because they can't blame anybody else politically. At 700,000 deaths, they put out a statement. <laughs> That's it. Just a statement. No candlelight vigil, uh, no morning national day, nothing like that. And here's, here's the truth teller. At 800,000 deaths, look at what Joe Biden, how he reacted. President Biden on 800,000 coronavirus deaths. Um, do you have a statement on your responsibility? Why haven't you uh, asked China to do more to be transparent on the origins 
<laughs> he laughed and walked away. All that empathy, right? All that empathy. Wow, that tells you a lot right there, doesn't it? So did you see what happened in Atlanta over the past couple of days? Uh, Antifa strikes again. They're out there. They hate our society. And the left is totally, totally down with their horrific vision and activity, it seems. And the person who documented all this stuff, they went on a rampage throughout Atlanta, burning police cars, destroying businesses, breaking things. But that's okay, actually. Property is, it's insured. So nobody should worry about it. That's not violence. That's, that's social justice. I think that there's a real blurring of the lines and the use of the word violence is property destruction violence. Um, to some people, it certainly is. This idea that breaking windows or, or, or other acts of property destruction are the same as uh, actual violence against humans, uh, is, it, it's, it's kind of a dangerous and, and slippery concept. The only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. Wow. This is, um, this is typical on the far left, this kind of madness. Um, the destruction of property, the destruction of businesses, uh, if it happens to your business, that can totally disrupt your life. Think of the blood, sweat, and tears that people put into these businesses, big businesses, medium-sized businesses, small businesses. You know, I write about this in my book, actually, if you don't mind, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And it's true. As I write, the left has promoted a novel and deeply cynical argument that property crime, arson, looting, does not matter. Uh, folks, this is horrific, this ideology. And there's a reason why we call someone's business or profession their livelihood. Everything depends on it. This guy saying, well, it's insured. Nobody has to worry. Have you ever tried dealing with an insurance company? What about the lost income? What about the red tape? It is horrific. We put so much into our businesses, into our livelihood, and the left does not care. They're socialists, you know. They are. They don't believe in private property. <sighs> How anyone can look at this and say this is social justice or this is mostly peaceful or try to explain it away, that's what the left has been doing and what they continue to do. All right, Kamala Harris. Um, she seems to have a unique view of America's heritage. We made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. But she forgot or doesn't want to say the life part because it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I learned this, I think, uh, let me see, when I was two years old. You, you, you don't say liberty. You don't say it's all together when you're talking about our history, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Our right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Among them, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
Oh, wow. What was that? What cartoon was that, by the way? Anyway, everybody, everybody understands it. And everybody used to understand the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. They're even butchering that. Remember at Joe's inauguration? Maybe you don't, but at one point I thought he was going to make the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, but he gets out midway. We come together as one nation, under God, indivisible, to carry out the peaceful transfer of power. What about with the liberty and justice for all part? They're getting rid of that, as, long as, the, as well as the life part. This is them rearranging society, and we can't let it happen. We can't let them get away with this. We'll be right back. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you have always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And anybody who has a question or concern about the fairness of the 2020 and maybe even the 2022 election, I have concerns about the fairness. It's still a free country. We're allowed to. Oh, boy, we are we're dangerous people. Don't you know that? Then we have the issue of election denialism. That's been fueled by Donald Trump. And sadly, it appears it's given some of his supporters a permission slip to commit political violence. The case in New Mexico this week is just the latest in a string of violent incidents rooted in election denialism from the assault on Brazil's capital by supporters of the former president there, where Trump allies actually helped sow doubts about those election results. We had the attack on Paul Pelosi just days before the midterm elections as well. All right. Number one, Paul Pelosi. Uh, I think it's time we see the body cam footage and the 911 call, right? I mean, People who are far less famous, but if the case is noteworthy, they release that stuff and they still haven't yet. Why not? I think we should see it. Also, you want to talk about um, the right questioning the fairness of an election. What about the left questioning whether or not America is white supremacist or not? We saw what that led to, right? This, this is somehow glorious. It's still amazing to me. They overreact, totally overreact to the situation where some nut job in New Mexico went crazy, allegedly, and, and shot some people. But what about their own violence on the left? Like what they did in that uh, raid in front of the courthouse in Oregon. I mean, that place was under siege. There were federal employees in there for like weeks at a time. And those green lasers you see, they were shot at the officers. A lot of them had their eyes damaged by those things, you know. This was encouraged by the left and by the mainstream media, this total disrespect for police. 
What has that led to? It's led to increased attacks on police officers. More are dying than we have seen in a very, very long time. Not since the 1970s have we had this kind of violence directed at law enforcement. But they ignore the violence when it comes from the left. This is an egregious example of that. You know, right around January 6th, two bombs were planted at major party headquarters. The Democrat National Committee and the Republican National Committee. But fascinatingly, Lester Holt on his big show over there, the Nightly News, only wanted to talk about the one bomb. Guess which one he wanted to talk about. New surveillance of the person who placed pipe bombs before the Capitol riot, walking with a backpack the moment the suspect may have left a bomb in a park near Democratic headquarters. Tonight, the manhunt and the plea from the FBI. Well, what about the one he left at the Republican headquarters? He did, you know, and they still haven't solved this case, but they're only looking. Wow, that, that's fake news. Hey, Diamond and Silk, you know about Diamond, right? She, uh, she died very close to President Trump. They were so supportive of her, of him, rather, and uh, he was supportive of them. So Diamond died. There was a beautiful memorial over the weekend in North Carolina, and... I thought it was wonderful. Of course, the fake news. <laughs> Can they ever give anybody a break? Even in death, listen to this. Donald Trump went to the memorial, and it was beautiful. At one point in his remarks, Trump claimed he didn't know Selk at all, despite her saying in her introduction of him how great Trump treated them both. President Trump, I just want to say thank you so much for believing in Diamond and Silk. He treated us just like Laura. He treated us just like the other children. Eric, uh, Don Jr., Tiffany. He treated us just like when we came around, when Diamond and Silk came around, it was like we was part of the family. You know, the world has lost one of its brightest stars, real star, but I see that uh, we have another star who is equal to, but she stepped up and she is different. I'm, I'm serious. I thought I knew them both. I didn't. I knew, I knew Diamond, but I didn't know Silk at all. I just learned about Silk. You're fantastic. <laughs> what? What? Oh, my God. How does he say that? He also complained about how long the funeral was and, and, and that he was only supposed to be there for 15 minutes, but it lasted so much longer that he was stuck there. Just beyond bizarre, yeah. beyond rude, beyond uh, uh, anything that that anyone would see in, in normal, polite, let me say, decent society. Indecent. All right. These people don't know what they're talking about. So terrible. Now. Here's what you got to understand about Diamond and Silk. And if you watch Diamond and Silk, you know this. Uh, Diamond says a lot more, said a lot more than Silk. Diamond was kind of like, the, that was her role, kind of like Johnny Carson to Ed McMahon or uh, Penn and Teller, right? The big guy, is that Penn? He did most of the talking. Teller, very important, but he facilitates, okay? Served a very vital role. Anyway, at the memorial, uh, Silk was more outspoken than she normally is, and that's what President Trump was talking about it, okay? And also, he went to the memorial, an ex-president of the United States for Diamond and Silk, two great women from North Carolina. Woody Allen once said, in life, 90% is just showing up. And Donald Trump showed up, and it was beautiful. We'll be right back.
Well, remember this? An iconic picture, actually. Big O Barnett on January 6th with his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Well, got in big trouble for this. Uh, he was convicted today on a slew of charges. I'd like to point out the guy didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. Um, but um, let's see here. Obstruction of an official proceeding, aiding and abetting, entering a restricted building, disorderly conduct, demonstrating in Capitol buildings, entering certain rooms in the Capitol, theft of government property, and unlawfully entering restricted buildings. That's what he was convicted of today in federal court. Uh, here's what he had to say about it. This is not a jury of my peers. I don't agree with the decision. I do appreciate the process, and uh, we are surely going to appeal. And I'll see you guys again on uh, May May second, May third, May third. All right. So uh, we're joined right now by Big O's attorney once again, Joseph McBride. He's the founder of the McBride Law Firm. You know, look, I was rooting for you guys. I'm sorry this verdict went against you. Uh, how you doing? And how is Big O? He's not in jail, right? He's uh, he's free on his own recognizance. Uh, thank you, Greg. It's always nice to see you. Uh, obviously, we are very disappointed with the result. The government today, after the verdict came in, uh, petitioned the court, asked the court for Big O to be held in jail uh, pending this process, uh, sentencing, so on and so forth. I was able to successfully argue for his continued release under the conditions that he's been abiding by for the past year and change. So thank God for that. We have a few months before May to get our affairs in order and, of course, prepare for our appeal. Hey, by the way, he's been so under house arrest, right? It's a, it's like a modified version of home confinement. He's able to tra travel 50 miles around his residence in Gravity, Arkansas. And in terms of New York City life, that would be about five blocks, considering he's literally up on a mountain. Hmm. All right. So uh, what what's he facing here, by the way? These are federal charges. This could be hard time. Number one, I'm glad he's not in jail right now. That was very great lawyering on your part. What kind of time is he looking at? Worst case scenario, he could foreseeably spend the rest of his life in prison. And let me explain. He's 62 years old. He's facing 20 years on a few different charges. Uh, if he's sentenced and it's not concurrent, if it's consecutive, it could be 47, 50 years. And that's not even if, if, the, uh, if the government asks for uh, enhancements, which they likely will. Um, it's a very unfortunate situation. I don't think that he'll get that much time, you know, in terms of 47 or 50 years. But could he get, you know, 7, 10, 15, 20 years easily? Yes, he could. Uh, at the end of the day, he put his feet up on a desk. Uh, on a staff member's desk in, in Nancy Pelosi's office. He was not violent. And he, uh, he got pushed into the building. That was clear. That was on the video. We presented our case to the jury in D.C. Uh, two weeks of, of trying this case. We got the FBI to lie, to admit that they lied on the stand. We got Nancy Pelosi's number two to lie on the stand. We thought that those things in congruence with all the other facts in our favor would have mattered. The jury came back with their verdict in less than two hours. And not only did they convict, did they convict him of all crimes, they actually convicted him of stealing an envelope, Greg. Hmm. An envelope it is absolutely preposterous. But that's, those are the times we live in. Well, wait a second, though. I thought he paid for that envelope. He, uh, I thought he said that. Let's go ahead. This is Big O. Barnett on January 6th talking about this, uh, this envelope. Take a look. How'd you get it? I didn't steal it. I bled on it. 
facing me and I couldn't see. And so I figured, well, I'm in her office. I got blood in her office. I'll put a quarter on her desk, even though she ain't worth it. Yikes. All right. Well, he did pay for it, but I guess it doesn't work that way. It wasn't his property, but that does seem pretty trivial. And they're giving him a hard time over that. Hey, back to the jury. What do you think? I mean, juries in Washington are notoriously liberal, notoriously hostile towards conservatives. What can you tell us about this jury? What are your thoughts? Uh, our thoughts are that the jury did not even look at the evidence or consider our side of the story for a second. Any reasonable person, given the case that we put on, the evidence that we presented, look, could he potentially have been guilty of the misdemeanors just on the facts? Sure. But the idea that he's somehow sp responsible for trying to thwart the election, Mike Pence left the Capitol at 2.29 p.m. Barnett wasn't pushed in until 2.43 p.m. I mean, this is ridiculous. He can't travel back in time. But this is the kind of stuff that we are dealing with. Our case... We feel we got robbed. We do, we do not feel that our case was judged on the merits. We do not feel that we were able to overcome the political implications and prejudice, prejudice attached to Richard Barnett's case. We asked for a change of venue. We filed very well thought out and very well pled pleadings in this case regarding the change of venue motions. Uh, we got shut down. Yeah. We never thought for for any for any moment in time that we would get a fair trial in D.C. Nonetheless, we went in there in good faith. We thought that we picked a good jury. I'm very disappointed with with, with, with the verdict in this case, and we're going to appeal. We have fertile grounds for appeal, and it's hard for me to say that I respect the process at this moment. But I have to say, this is my country. I'm an attorney. I took an oath. I have to believe that justice will prevail in the end. But justice did not prevail today. I uh, tend to agree. I totally agree. I'm rooting for Big O. You know I, uh, I like you guys a lot. Please give him my best. I'm glad about that 50-mile thing. He can uh, at least have a semblance of a normal life and, and work. But, uh, hey, thank you very much. To be continued, give him our best. And uh, we'll talk to you before you guys go back to court in May. Thank you, and we'll be right back. Oh, wow. All right. So where have documents been found so far in this house? Uh, the garage, the library, the living room, the bathroom, the kitchen. Uh, where have they not been found at this point? This is a, an insane situation. It really is. Joe Biden, in my opinion, is going down. The FBI visited his house for 13 hours on, was it Friday? Yeah, Friday. And now they may want to take a look at that Rehoboth Beach house. If Joe hasn't cleaned it out by now. Joe's denials or non-explanations have been totally pathetic and bizarre. This is getting ever more serious. Even Democrats seem poised to abandon ship. Fred Flights joins us, joins us, senior fellow at the America First Policy Institute, former chief of staff at the National Security Council under Donald Trump and former CIA analyst. Uh, Fred, please tell me. I was really surprised when that news came in. I'm like, wow, I thought... It couldn't get worse, but it's getting worse. What do you think? Well, I, I think Mike Turner, the new chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, put it best. He's called Biden a serial classified documents hoarder. And the reason he says this is that we now know that this isn't the first time that when Joe Biden left a federal job, that, that he took classified documents with him against the law. He also did this when he was a U.S. senator. And that's a little bit different because in his Senate office, it wasn't a skiff. 
the classified documents were held in a separate facility, but somehow Biden took them from that facility, put them in a Senate office, and they ended up in his home. And, and there's so many instances of instances of this now. The American people just don't believe Biden's claims that you know a few documents were were misplaced and accidentally sent to his residence and office. Was it different in the 70s at all? You know, he was a senator in 1973 all the way to, what, 2009. Was it different? You know, I, I'm thinking about Ted Sorensen, who was nominated to be a CIA director. And as you know, he had to admit at one point that he took a bunch of classified documents out of the White House. Jimmy Carter actually came out and said this is not a big deal, but it did scuttle his nomination. And I know Joe Biden had a role in, in finding that I stuff. Did, but in the I 1970s, did. was it less severe? Well, look, these things do happen from time to time. And I think one instance, I think it was a little bit harsh on Sorensen. I don't remember. I don't know the details of that. That was before my time. But this is different than Sorensen because there are multiple instances of classified documents, including classified documents being stored in his garage in a home where his son lived, his son who we know had illicit business dealings with China and Ukraine, and in a think tank office that was funded by China. I think it's considerably worse than the Sorensen case. No, I know. I just was wondering if there was a different attitude. Was it a little bit lax in the 1970s? But look, I mean, I think he's got to go. I've been saying that well before these documents were found. There are a million reasons why Joe Biden is unfit for office. This is uh, definitely one of them. So what are they saying in your world, in the D.C. establishment? Not, I'm not calling you establishment, but you know that world. I'm what not established. No, no. <laughs> Wait a minute. Say that again. No, I'm not established. No, I, 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 I concur. I didn't mean to. I didn't. I, I meant nothing by that. But you you have proximity to the establishment. Democrats seem to be, um, you know, uh, ready to abandon ship. From your perspective, in down there, what are they saying? And, and well, we're, go ahead. We're just looking at awe at this. Just as you said, this case seems to get worse and worse every day. The White House doesn't want to talk about it. The FBI comes in with, with, with what I would call a kinder and gentler search, where the president's attorneys were able to accompany them wherever they went. Unlike the Mar-a-Lago search, where they threw the president's attorneys out, they seized President Trump's passports, and they searched Melania Trump's bathroom and closet, her clothes closet. It's night and day. I think the, the FBI search was a bit of a stunt because either Biden, the Justice Department, or the special counsel were getting nervous about the double standard. But in D.C., everyone thinks this is a disaster for Biden, and it looks like Democrats are coming to that conclusion, too. You know, we had a list uh, earlier in the show, and everybody says, oh, this is so different from Donald Trump, so different, so much better. You know, Donald Trump was so much worse, and it is different. Donald Trump had complete and total security at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, Joe Biden <laughs> didn't have any security for years at a time. Guarded by the Secret Service Mar-a-Lago uh, for a time, <laughs> Hunter was in charge of guarding uh, the House. And uh, again, absolute authority to declassify. Joe Biden had zero. Uh, final word, Fred, if you don't mind. Well, also, look, Biden had these documents for years, many years that they were from the Senate. They were being hidden. The National Archive didn't know they were there. The National Archive knew where the documents were at Mar-a-Lago. And as you said, they were under lock and key and they were being guarded yeah. by the Secret Service. Insane, insane situation. I have a feeling it's going to come to a head pretty soon. Thank you, Fred. Flights to be continued. We'll be right back.
News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow.